Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Sorry. All and right. hello, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Fight Club. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We are a team of self-employed industry experts. Joined this week by our guest, Debbie Sardone. Super excited to have you with us, Debbie. Can you just please give our listeners a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm in the service industry, just like all of you are. And uh, I've been doing my maid service now for more than three decades. And I'm not telling you how many more. <laughs> oh, brother. But I, I was 10 when I started my business. Yeah. But um, my business is located near Dallas, Texas, in a suburb. And we have about uh, 50 employees. We do $2.2 million. I have an amazing COO that runs all of the operations. So I don't have to step foot in it. I call it 100% hands-free business. So what do I do with my spare time? I started the nonprofit Cleaning for a Reason. And we have about 1,200 cleaning business owners that are a member of the program serving cancer patients in their community. And then if that wasn't enough, I started a consulting and training business like many of you offer help to people in the service industry. I'm specific to the residential cleaning business. And we have created more mop free millionaires <laughs> than anyone on the planet. Woo! So I love it. I love it. Love it. That's what I get to do all day, every day. Well, you have quite the fun job there. Multiple it jobs, Debbie. <laughs> it is fun. That's why it's so hard for me to ever think about retiring. I'm having too much fun. You're having too much fun. That's what I love to hear. Well, it's nice to meet you, Debbie. My name is Taylor Maroney. I have worked in marketing for about six years, which is where I really found my passion. Um, but I also co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband called Pure Power Washing. And in owning the business now and working through marketing, I've really found, like I said, that passion for helping business owners understand the analytics behind marketing and how to read those numbers that they get given on a weekly or monthly basis and be able to make better decisions off those. So super excited to have you on Fight Club and welcome. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners so that they can know their numbers and live more financially rewarding lives. I'm also the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource all those nasty accounting tasks to me and my team. And I own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California. And I'm very happy to be here on this Tuesday morning with Debbie. Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. Hey, Debbie. It's Michelle, and I am the co-owner of Pink Collars. My husband is off camera over there talking up a good game in the other room. So I'm going to tell him to mute himself in a second. And you can outsource your front and back office tasks to Pink Collars, and we can run your business remotely on most CRMs in the home service industry. So that's me and welcome to Fight Club. I'm so excited to see you and hear about all the fun things you're up to. 
And we love pink collars. It's such an amazing yeah. service. Awesome. Thank stuff. you. <laughs> Thanks. And finally me, Debbie, um, we've known each other for a long time and of course are in the same industry. So uh, we got acquainted a long time ago. I remember when I was super green and you were kind enough to say, just come on down from Oklahoma and come see me. And you were absolutely the first, I don't even know if you were coaching then, but you, I was just starting out. Yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. Well, for our listeners, my name is Martha Woodward and I own a maid service in the neighboring state. I co-founded quality driven software and I specifically help people build happier workplaces. And, and it is so amazing to have watched Martha grow her business, grow her next venture QDS mm -hmm. and the people you are helping all over the world, literally Martha with that program is incredible. So it's, it's really exciting and intimidating to be on here with all of you amazing <laughs> women. <laughs> and so if nothing else, I know how to fight. So I feel yes. like I'm in good company. So thank you for having me. I oh, promise no gloves will have to come out on the show, Debbie. I promise. Okay. <laughs> We're absolutely on the same team fighting the same mission. So 100%. this is going to be a lot of fun. We are. Awesome. Well, I'm going to steal you first, Debbie. And I feel like I would be a terrible person to talk about marketing if I didn't talk about this crazy crash that happened yesterday um, with <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, everything being down. Um, yep. I find it, at least for, I, can, I think I can speak for all of us in the sense that we operate a lot on social media nowadays. It's a great way for us to get information out to our clients, an amazing way to build better relationships with our clients and even our employees at the same time. So how, like, how did we adjust? How did we move forward? What was something that maybe you did yesterday that might not have been something you would have normally done to keep the wheel moving on the marketing side of your businesses? What a perfect biz, uh, question to kick this off with, because one of my coaches just last night called me in a panic and said, do we have a plan B? Do we have a backup plan for when things like this happen? And the truth is, you, you don't plan for it the day it happens. You plan for it way before it happens because Absolutely. you have to know it's going to not, oh no, what do we do now that it's happened? Just plan today that it is going to happen. And I said, yeah. first of all, I decided years ago that it would not be smart for Mark Zuckerberg to own all of my customers on Facebook. And so the very first thing I started years ago is to make sure I have their email address because then I own the data. Yes, I use Facebook and all the other channels to connect with them and communicate with them. It makes it easy. But in 10 seconds, I can send out an email and go on with business as usual. I can send out an email that says, don't despair. Our meeting is on Zoom at four o'clock. See you there. I don't have to rely on Facebook. We have to let these third party platforms that we don't own make it easy for us to communicate, but not the only way for us to communicate. Otherwise, we're up the creek. And I said, same thing if the electricity went down for a day. Okay, what would I do? Yep. Right. So exactly. it's the same thing. I love that. Having different avenues of communicating with your clients is super important on the marketing end. And I don't know about you guys, but I was checking my email like 
a crazy person yesterday because it was the only <laughs> communication that we had between <laughs> clients. And I was like sending out emails and I felt like I was living in my email box yesterday, which I probably should do more often and definitely be sending out more of these emails like Debbie's talking about. Um, so and own your data. Exactly. Own, and own data. You have it. 100%. Asking for that email is so crucial on that first phone call when you have that first touch. And I'm sure Michelle can talk about that. But once you snag that email from that client, I always kind of use it as in the initial kind of, we'll make sure we send invoices. This is our main way of communicating with you outside of texting and phone calls. So that way you have that data, you have that way to get in touch with them. Say they do fall off in six months. How are you going to get them back as a client again? How are you going to reach out to them if they're rejecting phone calls or not answering text messages? Send that email. There's a, so many ways that you can capitalize on email. So my follow-up question, Debbie, is how have you kind of looked at email to bring in more money to the business? What are some marketing tactics you've used in order to generate some more sales? Well, of course, it depends on what business we're talking about. But for my service business, right? Yep. For my service we'll business, <laughs> everybody is in an email automation system. And I know, for example, QDS, Martha Woodward's program, you got to be able to automatically email a request for their feedback on today's cleaning or automatically email uh, somebody who got away, right? The prospect who you couldn't close, who said, ah, let me think about it. And they probably hired your competitor. You got to dump them into an automatic email process that says, hey, I'm still here. We have a discount. <laughs> we have $50 off our deluxe cleaning. And you just keep hitting them with emails over and over again. And people say, oh, well, won't they get tired of your emails? Well, if they do, they will unsubscribe. And if they get tired of your emails, they're probably never going to be your client. It's the ones that keep True. opening time after time. They click on, they're like, yeah, I ought to do this. And then they don't. Oh yeah, I should take advantage of that discount. And then they don't. It's, it's those people that eventually we will capture. So just keep reminding them you exist and some of the great things you're doing, like, oh, our quality score is this, or we've served 300 patients uh, with free cleaning in our community and you're not even selling, but they're like, oh, there's that company again. Repetition. Keeping, repetition. Keeping that repetition. Exactly. And constantly sending out those little touches. You never know how many touches it can take for a client to fully book with you. You know, on average, it's really around like seven to 10, but when you, some people, it can take up to 20. I mean, yeah. I'm one of those crazy people that have running the business ourselves and doing all these other things in life. And I'm like, oh crap, I still have this. And thank you for that email for the 15th time. Like, yeah, I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish my window washer would put me in some kind of an email automation. And I've even told yep. them that I've even given them free advice. I'm like, would you please just reach out to me every six months? I, you would have my business, but no, they're like, no, no, just call us. I'm like, well, by the time I call you, my windows are so filthy yep. and I've got yep. company coming tomorrow and it's been nine months instead of six. You could have had my money twice. So exactly. this is a lesson to all of us. People want you. They're just busy. Remind them you're there. So exactly. true. So, so true. true.
I'm gonna, I, I think I have to end it on that awesome. <laughs> well, wait, that. before you do, I was just checking my email. I know, I'm sorry. Not doing that <laughs> but yesterday, like I developed this terrible habit and we just got a review on Google for our window cleaning business from Nice Job. Nice Job sent us a little email and it is so cool to see how we have a system set up behind the scenes where Nice Job's asking for those reviews and then the customers are leaving them and the nice job posts them to Facebook. And then they also post them to Google My Business. And we're getting all of these cool automations going with our marketing. Oh. Is anybody else using nice job out there? So you know how I just said I have that email that keeps coming 15 times in a row to sign up for something? Yeah, it's nice job. Like I that's <laughs> me. I'm that person that has not fully signed up for nice job and I need it in my life. And <laughs> you just oh gave God. me another touch and a reminder. So I appreciate that. Meg and I, I, wish, I wish your husband would open a branch right here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I could keep them so busy. I have almost 700 recurring clients that if you said twice a year, you want me to clean your windows, most of them would say yes, including me. I love <laughs> including it. Me. Love it. Including me. So <laughs> well, if you are somebody who is interested in finding a way to automate your marketing with re reviews from your customers, we highly recommend Nice Job here at Fight Club. And you can go to get.nicejob.com and sign up for Nice Job. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, sorry for that. But I was so excited because the email was open because Facebook was acting weird this morning for me. So this is all continuing on. I don't understand this Facebook stuff. It is so weird. Um, Debbie, I... I wanted to talk to you about money today, and I am going to step on Martha's toes just a teeny tiny bit, but I promise, Martha, this is staying in my lane of money, but I have to share the first time I met you, Debbie, how you kind of changed my life Aww. with this major light bulb. <laughs> like, it was a major one that I had never thought about before. So we met in sunny San Diego at the Quality Driven Conference, and you gave a day-long workshop about, uh, I think it was training the trainer or some sort of training program awesomeness that was a whole day. And during that workshop, you asked us how much our top employees made our company. And I was hoping we could talk about that a little bit today because I feel like I'm talking about people all day, every day with my clients and with my, uh, you know, with my friends, everybody who owns a business seems to be saying, I can't hire. I, you know, I'm not hitting my sales goals because I don't have enough manpower. And so I feel like this is coming up a lot in the money realm. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about that aha moment that you helped me have? And that I think a lot of business owners just have this disconnect when we're talking about marketing, right? Like we're always talking about marketing to an external customer but you called our employees something very special. So I'd love to talk to you about that a little bit. Today. Awesome. Well, thank you for remembering that. That was so fun. And that was uh, my first QDS conference to attend. It was so fun. And they're absolutely brilliant conferences. Um, I, you know, I, I love, I don't want to do bookkeeping, but I love bookkeeping because I'm not good at math, but I love math. Right. And so I hear people say all the time, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math. You only need to be good at a few numbers, not a million of them. Let your bookkeeper or your CPA be good at a, at a thousand numbers, but you just need to be good at a few numbers. And one of those numbers is to know how much an A player, we all know what an A player is. I don't have to define that. This is the employee that is the one you wish you could clone, right? 
how how much revenue can one loyal, committed, well-trained A player generate to your business? And with a bookkeeping service, it is so critical for all of us to understand that the math is the path, right? Math is money and money is fun, <laughs> right? Math is money and money is fun. And so all the years I've been doing consulting, if I ask somebody, how much on average do your employees generate revenue per person? They don't know. They're like, I don't know. Um, it's like, it's as important as knowing how much your last bank deposit was. It's that important. And so I have found over the years that in the service, in the residential maid service industry, it's not the same number across the board, but we all need to know that number. But in the residential service industry, depending on what part of the country you are in, the average full-time cleaner can generate fifty-five dollars to $60,000 in revenue per person per year. And people who don't know that are missing the mark because they don't have a target. It's like, you will not hit the bullseye unless you know you have a target and you know where it is. Well, what's your target? I don't know. I just try to get them to work as much as I can talk them into it. That's not a target. And that's why you always miss your bullseye. So find that number in your company, whether it's the window washer and it's per person. It's not well, even per team. And I think we can help them a little bit. Let's do a little math together today. So if you're listening to Fight Club and you have never thought about this number, much like me when I was sitting in Debbie's class several years ago, we're going to help you do the math real quick. So I think we all have a pretty good handle on what is our, our target amount we want per labor hour, right? How much are we trying to achieve per labor hour per person? And across industries, that's going to be very different as Debbie was saying. But if you know what your target is, like this is how much I'm scheduling for, this is how much I think I can achieve per person per hour. That's our, our labor, we call it labor man hour, we should call it labor woman hour, but this is our, this is how much we're going to be making. Okay. So uh, then we need to think how many hours a day are we actually productive? Like we're not including, well, maybe in your industry, you're including the drive time, but typically as owners, we're not making any money when we're driving in between jobs. Right. So we're not including the drive time, right? We're just including the amount of time that we're producing on a job. So how many the amount of time you can sell? The amount of time you can sell, exactly. So how many hours is that? In our company, the target is six hours a day. Some of you might say that's a little light, but that's our goal. We do the long lunch and we do the 10 minute rest breaks and we do the jobs in between the day. So six hours a day, and then how many working days a year? And if you multiply those three numbers, you can figure out what your target is for one A player. And maybe even that math is for a B player because that's how you're scheduling and that's for an average employee. But how much more can an A player bring you uh, as a little bit of inspiration in window cleaning and gutter cleaning? If you do it right and you're in California and you're priced accordingly, that number could be $300,000. Yes. It could be a really, yes. really big number. So why? <laughs> okay. So why now, settle for less? Why you know settle for less? And let's talk a little bit more about why aren't we focusing on our staff? Here's why. And I know you, you teach this, Megan. Here's why. We measure what matters and what we measure, we can improve. And that's why we're not hitting our targets because number one, we don't have one. And what we don't pay attention to, we don't improve. And so this point right here can help everybody decide, 
All right. Starting today, this is a number we pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So I challenged my scheduler, right? So in maid service, just like you have in your business, we have our, our scheduler is literally air traffic control, right? She has to get all the planes up in the air full, not half empty. You don't make any money when the airplanes are half empty, right? That's why so many of the airlines nearly went under about 15, 20 years ago. Her job as a scheduler is to get all the planes completely full to take off and land safely every day, right? And so if your scheduler is very committed to filling the airplane, make it very full, so that's a full schedule, and getting as many billable hours out of each person in the seat on the plane, then they can focus on turning a six-hour billable hour day into six and a half. Imagine what that would do to your bottom line especially the companies that pay hourly. And imagine if you could create an incentive program and decide all those people that are only able to grind out about a six billable hour day, I'm gonna call them B players, right? Not to their face, this is all internal language, but in my company, that's a B player. We certainly love them, we certainly need them, we, we value them, but there's this other group that'll grind out seven billable hours a day without going into overtime. And we've created an incentive. And if we can get them to that point, look at the significance to the bottom line. Then I can classify that special group as A players and pay them more and incentivize them more. But it's if just you, a matter of paying attention. And this is why I love math and I love to sneak it in. And I love it because Debbie makes math really easy and super fun. Um, I love that you celebrate the millionaires through your coaching program. Thank I think you. that is just the most wonderful, beautiful thing. They um, get green jackets at our I, event. It's so I, fun. I know, and I'm so glad you shared that with our listeners. They come to her event, and if they have hit the million dollar mark, she celebrates them. There's a huge celebration on stage in front of others, and they get gifted a green jacket to really show that they joined this club that I think we all dream about when we start as entrepreneurs, right? Like, I'd like to get to a million dollars. It's amazing. So one thing you just did, Debbie and me, like snuck it in, is if we were to grow from a six billable hour day, and it's so weird because I'm an accountant. We talk about billable hours all the time. I, in my window cleaning company, we never talk about billable hours. We talk yeah. about like production hours, but yeah. if you, whatever you call it, it's the number of hours you're making money in the day, right? Um, if you were to go from six to seven, you would increase your top line by 16.7% with that one little trick, right? One little trick. So if you're making $100,000 now, suddenly you're making $117,000. If you're making a million dollars, now you're suddenly making $1.17 million, right? It's and so here's, cool. here's what people don't think about. It's not another truck. It's not another ladder. It's, it's not another person. It's not another warm body that you're struggling to find. You're just sending the planes in the air full and it goes straight to your bottom line. And what's really powerful is if you identify that group that's willing to add more billable hours per day, then those are your top people. And now you actually have a VIP group in your program or in your company where you realize we roll out the red carpet, not that you neglect the others, you want the others to aspire to be like them, right? And you want them to make more than everybody else because they're bringing more to your bottom line. 
Oh my gosh, this is such gold. And it's this is fun. exactly what I was hoping for because I don't think we've ever talked about it on Fight Club before. The idea that our top customers are our internal customers, the people that are bringing in the most income every single day, every single year are our internal customers. And while we are feeling the pain of not having good ones, I want you to think about what's the value of a really great one. And Debbie just gave you a couple really cool numbers that you could play with in your company that could make all the difference. So I'm going to leave you with that inspirational part of money. And I, I know Michelle's like, I want to help fill the plane. So she's like chomping over there. Because oh, I know Michelle can is, help fill the plane. That is her <laughs> forte. Um, and can I leave like, one more thing yes. that they can do right now so Please. they have a little project? Please. Is right now they can take their annual revenue right now. So I took my annual revenue of 2.2. That's my run rate. And divide it by the number of service people you have that are working and cleaning. Don't count your office staff because they are not generating revenue. So I have 50 people. If I were to divide it, let's say I have four in training and, and 39 or 40 who are actually cleaning. I would take my 2.2 million and divide it by the number of people cleaning. We call them RGEs, revenue generating employees. Mm -hmm. And that'll give you what you're doing now and then see if you can beat that. Set a goal. Beat that. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love and you're that. right. I and love you're right. That. I just had to tell it you're right there. So if you have 39 and you're at 2.2, you're at 56,410 per Got person. It. And that includes. You said you were going to be. She knew yeah. she was going to be between 55 and 60. Yep. And I bet she's also thinking that should be closer to 60. So we're going to. And it probably is if I broke it down per employee, because that will include the person who just got out of training, who's generating revenue, but we're not giving her much work yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So it includes a few part-timers and full-timers. So when you shake it all out, I want to average 55 K per person per year or better, but not less. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So now we're going to go to Michelle and filling the plane. Uh, but that was great. <laughs> Debbie, very much. Thank you. Well, Debbie, I, I want to talk about systems and that's usually what I discuss, but I'm listening to you and watching all the good you're doing for cleaning with cleaning for a reason. And a lot of people, owners, even myself struggle with filling the gap between their business life and their service life. I know Megan's really good at this. She can get a lot of service projects done and she finds that ability, but that really only comes when you get to a certain size and when you have people running your business with you. You mentioned your COO when we first started the, the top of the hour. Tell me how you brought that person in and maybe what was the timeline between the million and the two million? Because we have a friend in common, Josh Latimer, and our business, Pink Collars, is on this same trajectory right now. And he's telling us at the two million mark, we get to have a COO. So a lot of people are in that gap, right, between the one million and the two million. Tell us what that timeline sort of looked like. Tell us how you did it so that others can can learn from your experience, please. You know, I'm basically a self-taught person, so I learn by making a ton of mistakes. <laughs> Right. Like a lot of us do. And uh, uh, Josh is actually one of my business partners in a business that we just started a couple of months ago. And awesome. I love him. He's a great man. And you're in good hands with Josh. Yeah. But I had uh, an office manager to run my operations for 25 years. She was absolutely amazing. And she turned in her retirement notice, gave me a two year notice. And she Aww. said in April of 2021, 
I'm going to retire. And, you know, I had people all over the country go, are you panicked? Are you worried? She's been running your business for 25 years. And I had yeah. been an absentee owner for more than a decade when she turned in notice. I yeah. wasn't worried at all. So yeah. she had gotten us to a million and I stayed there for 20 years and I was very complacent. I started cleaning for a reason. I started my consulting. And when I handed over my company to my office manager, I said, just mm -hmm. don't take us backwards and you have a job. I don't expect you to grow us. And so that's right there, a mindset issue, right? We set our own yep. limitations <laughs> and guess yeah. what? We meet them. So we yep. stayed at a million dollars for 20 years because I wanted to be a uh, hands-free non-operating owner. Yeah. But then uh, just a few years ago, I realized, well, I'm coaching all these people in the cleaning industry to pass me up. Why, <laughs> why am I not coaching my team to pass up what I did when I was there? And so we set yeah. new goals and we ended the year before COVID at 1.9 million, which was incredible. And so wow. when she gave notice, <laughs> right, I, it was like, basically I challenged her to create enough revenue for me to be able to afford a higher level executive without putting it that way, of course. But um, she was an office manager and she was amazing, but I knew the next person I wanted would be a COO, not yeah. an office manager. And he would yeah. need to be a visionary and an integrator all at the same time. Um, yeah. And so I found both, I put it out there. <sighs> And I'll tell you how I did this. And this is like the best secret. Hey guys, don't <laughs> tell anybody. Okay. So this is like, I'm going to be yep. doing we're, this hiring. We're streaming this live, Debbie. Just yes. for the <laughs> All you people out there in live world, don't tell won't anybody. tell anyone. Okay. This is our secret. But I, I don't know how I thought of doing this, but I created a scenario where I was looking for a COO to run my operations. I was going to bring them in at a salary, which was about what Carla left at, right? So at least it wasn't like, oh no, where am I going to get the money to pay him double? So sure. I said, I'm going to pay you the, sal the salary my office manager was at. But then, because I don't need a raise, I, I, my income comes from other streams. Plus I, I have to have the money out that buckets and bows still pays me as the founder. And I yeah. said, so all of the growth, all of the increase, the net profit, which makes him incentivized to watch the expenses, right? Not the gross, sure. all of the increase of the net profit that you create, I'll split 50, 50 with you. Now, wow. when I told my attorney to create that contract, he said, well, you don't really mean that, right? You mean this? I said, no, yeah. no, I mean I, that. I mean that I mean, yeah. uh, 50, 50, because if he crushes it, well, Hey, I do get a raise. Yeah. And if he doesn't crush it, then he's going to keep at the same salary that the office manager had. And I'm telling you, he went from 1.9 in the, what he started in April right? We're yeah. at 2.2. We're already at 700 recurring clients. Uh, through the pandemic, we were back down to 540 when he took over. Um, he's, he's, what I did was I installed an entrepreneur inside yeah. my company who doesn't have to spend 10 years getting it wrong and finally maybe getting it right. So, and I, I gave him two rules. I said, you have to follow my system because I teach people this all over the country mm -hmm. and you don't, know what you don't know. You have to follow yeah. my system. And other than that, decorate the office to look like you guys motivate the team to love you, not me. And wow. 
you should see my office. It looks classier and better than I decorated. And I thought I did a good job. And it's like, it looks gorgeous. They own my business in a way I never dreamed I could have. And they love my business and they love my employees and my employees love them. And it was the smoothest transition I could have ever hoped and prayed for. And I'm not saying it will always be that way, but I believe the reason why it's working was the generosity piece. Yeah. So many people said, well, why don't you give them 50% uh, of the net increase, but then next year they have to, that goes away. And then they have to get 50% of the new net increase. I'm like, no, yeah, no. If he wants no. to get us to 3 million and stop, I don't care. If he wants to get us to 5 million and keep going, groovy. That is so huge because a lot neat? of us, it's so good. I mean, and, and it's funny because Doug and I were just having this conversation over the weekend. When you're at a million, you're kind of like a toddler, right? You know enough to walk, but you're still kind of banging into stuff a little bit. And that million to two is so huge. So huge. So well, and, and what's so cool is your overhead doesn't really balloon, right? Your yeah. cost of goods sold, as Megan would know, is always yeah. growing with growth, but your yep. overhead does not. We're in the same size office and building and parking yep. lot that we were in at 1 million and we're 2.2. Yeah. Oh, that's so huge. It's so huge. So for those who aren't familiar with your systems that you want him to follow, give us just two or three just gold nuggets for people that are listening because a lot of companies are struggling out there with either technology or communication. Just pick something that you're loving this last year or two um, that you're using in your business as a system that somebody can glean information from you on. <laughs> Our system teaches you the ability to attract and retain A players. And when yeah. someone fools you and you accidentally hire a C player, our system allows you to get rid of them quickly and easily. Yeah. Most made services tolerate the wrong people way too long because they don't have other options, right? I've been there. Yeah. And so yeah. our system, the CBF way is a very mm -hmm. unique approach to business is we create a way for you to attract and retain the best people and to easily get rid of the worst people that are wrecking your business, wrecking your quality of life. We have a program called Empowered Pay that is second to none. Martha, you'll appreciate this. I went ahead and <laughs> renamed so I could trademark this program I've been using for 25 years. And it's, it's called Empowered Pay. And it is so amazing. This is where you learn how to identify A players and incentivize them to do more, not less. When a cleaning business owner struggles with people saying, oh, well, I was hoping I didn't have to do a second house today when you told me so-and-so canceled because I wanted to go home early, so I'd like this pass, right? You mm -hmm. go from that to people saying, hey, do you have a second house for me today? I only have one, yeah. right? And yeah. most maid services dream of that day. So we create <laughs> that through our empowered pay system. And then our third component is profitability right? Yeah. If you don't have a Megan in your life, then you're probably struggling, harnessing that profit, <laughs> right? You're like, oh my gosh, some more profit got away again this month, yep. right? The owners <laughs> are the lowest paid people in our industry. My cleaners yeah. make more per year than many owners make, and they're working 70, 80 hours a week. And so our profit model is 
a game changer. Those are the three pieces to the puzzle that help people become mop free, even if they've been cleaning for 10 years, put down the mop forever, move into CEO level work only and build an empire, not a job. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, it's a perfect segue to hand you over to Martha because you touched on people a couple of times there. So thank you so much, Debbie. I really appreciate you joining me. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Debbie. Um, gosh, you know, I, I was listening to you and thinking, you know, how, how did this evolve for me? Because we do things very similar. Um, I mean, of course, I followed you and Liz and I, you know, hear all these great things. But you know how I think I evolved into empowering people is because I am flat out lazy when it comes to supervising. And I just hate spending my days or my managers spending their days putting a thumb on people. And so, you know, a long time ago, I figured out how to get these thresholds that you meet them or you don't. And I always describe it as a, a path, you know, with the fork in the road. And um, I, I just love what you're doing and, you know, your philosophy around not treating everyone the same. Again, I struggled with that early on when I was a boss. And I tell this story because I know there's people out there that struggle with it too. Early on, when I started the maid service, one of my missions was to be a, a great boss. And I was going to treat everybody the same and blah, 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 blah. And as you can well imagine, about three, four years down the road, I thought, wait a minute, not everybody is the same. And why do I want to reward this person for pretty average work when this person's busting their butt and doing everything I need? So, you know, I just appreciate leaders like you that really instill that in people and that uh, and it's a mindset shift that I'm sure you have people struggle with. And, and so leave. here's some clarification around that, that will help people not struggle with this. When you know your core values, you know how to treat everybody the same around your core values, mm -hmm. right? And so everyone is equal in the eyes of God, in my opinion. Everyone is made in his image. And I don't know what that noise was, but everyone deserves to be treated with respect, deserves to be loved by the owner and treated fairly and given the same opportunity as the next person. And so when that's your core values, you assume everybody will take advantage of the highest opportunities you offer. But even if they don't, even if they show up a knucklehead, as we call them, mm -hmm. right? We all know what knuckleheads are. It's like mm -hmm. we've, we've got their picture is right there in the dictionary next to what is a knucklehead? It's like, oh yeah, her, <laughs> right? So if they show up 
as a knucklehead or a C player or a D player, then they are saying no thank you to the opportunities that you've created. But we've hugged knuckleheads on their way out after we fired them. We have prayed with C players who walked on our customers and walked on our generosity and walked on our employees. We've prayed with them as we sent them out the door packing, right? So you have to always remember, it is our job as human beings to separate how we treat people and how we value people from the dollar sign, right? Because the dollar sign or the quality score represents how they choose Mm -hmm. to perform, how they choose to take advantage of the opportunity we offered everybody. And if they choose not to take advantage of the opportunity, then thank goodness, we call it in our, our system, we call it, if they choose not to give themselves a raise, who am I to force a raise on them? Because all of our employees get to give themselves a raise. We tell them that in the job interview. We hope you will give yourself a raise within three to four weeks. If you don't, okay, at least we offered it, right? And so if it helped people understand that I don't treat anybody any less. If they're a C player, they're out. And I love the way you describe the path because we call it, we give every employee a path up or a path out, but not a path to, to remain mediocre in the middle a path up or a path out mm -hmm. yeah and i kind of have a right and a left but uh i i love that and i'm so glad you clarified because um it did make it the way i was presenting it made it sound like if you're not an a player I treat you like dirt. <laughs> oh, well, everybody knows you. That would never happen. If you know Martha, I, I bet even the employees that don't work out, that can't even get a score of a two, they probably leave knowing they were loved and treated fairly and they did it to themselves because I know I you. So. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. And I absolutely agree that it's just a matter of choices. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I wanted to... So I'm going to do a Megan. A lot of times Megan gives like a little menu you can choose from. And when we'll talk about that topic. And so I'm going to be a Megan and I'm going to give you two choices. Um, so I know about your green and yellow jacket program that is for your coaching clients. But I imagine you have something similar within your maid service so that's one choice if you want to talk about that and how you recognize people other than money you know um or choice number two you've done a lot of free education and really reaching out to help people on this with the hiring crisis so if you want to talk about that then take that one away. So whichever one so you want hard. So I know, I know. They, they go hand in hand. So I'll talk about yeah. elevating the employee journey, right? Okay. Because they truly do go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. We don't have a hiring crisis in my company, but there is a hiring crisis all around me. I've already watched two businesses, my competitors go out of business, not for a lack of customers, for a lack of employees. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We scooped up their employees, right? So we are literally over hired right now. 
my uh, COO has slowed down the hiring process because now we're like, get more customers in the door, get more customers. We want to maintain the balance of feast and famine and all that stuff. So I think it does start with, okay, you did everything you could to get them in the door. Most people are so busy trying to find their replacement because they know they're going to last three to nine months instead of three years to 25 years. We gave Kathy Steinkoff, who still works for me, 25 years later, cleaning toilets. Okay, that is what she does. We just gave her a 25-year bonus uh, about two weeks ago. So I think retaining employees starts with how you keep them after you onboard them, right? Mm -hmm. So we make this wonderful onboarding process. We put them through phenomenal training. We welcome them with open arms and then it's back to the old grind. I'm going to ignore you and go hire somebody else because I know you're going to quit on me in a few months. So yeah. one of the things I grab while you were talking is we have these fun little lanyards that we created a few years ago. And I actually got the idea because this is what we do at CBF, my yeah. consulting business with all my students. And uh, we actually need to create a green jacket version in our company, and it'll probably be pink for our cause. Yeah. But uh, the lanyards have our company name on it. It has their badge, right, mm -hmm. with their name on it. This one's got mine. And if they've been with our company for three years, we have what we call legally, it's called phantom shares, right? So I'm sure Megan is aware of what phantom shares are. They're not a legal thing. But uh, we call any employee that's been with us three years because we only keep A players. Mm -hmm. So there are no knuckleheads that have lasted three years. We, we have a few knuckleheads, but they're on their way out or they're on their way up. Either is right. their choice, right? And so theirs will have a little banner on there that says co-owner. Okay, everybody wants status, period period. I don't care what economic class you're in. Everyone wants status. You offer first class plane ticket rather mm -hmm. than coach to somebody and you pay for it. I don't care who they are. They want that ticket because they want status. Right. And right. so there says co-owner because they have phantom shares. And that's a long story. I could explain another time, but um, then they get a lanyard. Now, do they wear these when they clean? Of course not. Right. But yeah. they can have it on when they go to the door. So that there is a, a picture badge, you know, for security reasons, all it does is impress the clients. That's all it does. But then we give them these pins at our quarterly meetings that says, you know, uh, you know, quality. So, right. So if you're in quality driven and you're tracking those amazing scores, you could say, oh, my goodness, she finally raised her score by two points. And so she gets the quality score pin. And then we have a perfect attendance pin. People are like, perfect attendance. We don't have anybody that has that. They get a pin every quarter for perfect attendance plus cash. So you get the recognition, they get the brag, bragging rights and they get cash. And then once a year, if they maintain all four quarters of perfect attendance, they get some like a gold star for perfect attendance. I don't even know what all these mean, but my office manager used to know. <laughs> and so we would hand these out at quarterly meetings, have them stand and applause. Another example of what we do and we feel very strongly about is personal development. And so years ago, when I became a hands-free owner and I began to have a team that didn't know me, uh, the culture began to shift. It no longer represented this friendly, bubbly person that Debbie Sardone is, right? It was very serious and very bottom line thinking and work related. And so I started holding quarterly meetings. And the first quarterly meeting, when people didn't even know me, I had a list of things to really 
kindly reprimand people to do's, right? Yeah. It's like, y'all need to be doing this and y'all need to stop doing this. And, but by the way, you guys are great. And we love you and you're amazing, but y'all need to stop doing this. And, and I finally said, you know what? I'm not going to have another quarterly meeting like that. You guys can do that in our weekly yes. uh, consults with the employees and memos. And when I come in, I'm going to do personal development training. So I don't have the book on my desk right now, but I ordered like one of my first ones is we ordered how full is your bucket, which is so perfect for a cleaning business. Hello. Yeah. And I bought little cute galvanized buckets because our company is buckets and bows made service. And we've tied a bow on the buckets and we put, bought a dipper from the dollar store and I handed everybody a bucket while well, they walked in. It was at their table. Everyone had a bucket, a dipper and the book, how full is your bucket? And I spent uh, our three hour quarterly meeting, which means we clear the schedule and we do a meeting. We do fun time and games and door prizes. And I taught how to fill other people's buckets, how to fill the void in your life by giving. And it was phenomenal. And people left that meeting feeling inspired and motivated. I didn't spend my time giving one compliment, 10 negatives and ending on a compliment, right? Yeah. That's what we do every quarter is we do personal development. We've done the disc training like uh, Liz teaches. Um, employees need disc, not just owners, they need disc. And so that's what we do on our quarterly meetings to help them leave feeling like I'm special, I'm important, and I can take my life to the next level. Yeah, I laughed for a minute because we had a discussion on, um, we had a guest, that was very against the what do you call the sandwich the the sandwich method right yeah you you know, it. 10 negatives and then your compliment she hey, called I it teach, the I teach poop it. sandwich <laughs> the poop sandwich that's how she called it <laughs> yeah that's right she was like forget that poop sandwich so when you were describing it i thought yep the poop sandwich and you know you have to have difficult conversations, what we call them in our program, you have to have them. So the sandwich method is great when you're having a difficult conversation. The problem is people are constantly using the sandwich method to berate everyone. And that's mm -hmm. a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, they're, I'm never a big fan of an all hands on meeting and then talking about the things that aren't going well, because that's not, it doesn't apply to everyone. And it's like your A players are going to think, oh my gosh, do I do that? Do I, I, I did that. And then your people you're really talking to are going, mm -hmm, that's her. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> so just go directly right. to the person. Yeah. Well, it's the cowardly way mm -hmm. that owners address a specific problem because they're so afraid of their bad employee quitting on them. Yeah. Right. They have it backwards. And so it's the cowardly way to tell the entire group to stop doing something that only one is doing. And you should have had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her a month ago. And it's, yeah. we have, I've been there. I know the answer to this problem because I was that coward. Before yeah. I had leverage, I'm like, I don't want to scare this one off. So I'm not going to have a stern talk with her. I'm going to just tell everybody to knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work. Yep. I agree. Well, we could go on and on. And uh, I'm surprised they haven't given me the hook yet. But uh, <laughs> no, hook, no hook today. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to pass it back to Tay, who's going to 
tell everyone about the homework and then lead us through that. And before she does, I just want to remind our listeners that we are going to be with Debbie. We're going to all be together in Las Vegas in November uh, for the ISSA show in Las Vegas. We'll drop a link, but if you would love to learn from Debbie in person and have those aha moments like we all have had listening to her, we would love to see you in Las Vegas in November uh, for the ISSA show. And Fight Club for Business will be there. We're very excited to be there this year. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to be there. Can't <laughs> wait. Well, at this point in the show, we go ahead and start talking about homework. So, Debbie, you are more than welcome um, as we go through homework at the end to add some yourself. Uh, I just like to make the reminder every week, please choose one piece of homework. We're going to give you four to five pieces right now. Just pick one that's going to move the needle forward in your business and allow you to really tackle something that's been troubling you and that's been causing you a lot of stress or anxiety in your business. So for marketing, Debbie made quite a few amazing gold nugget drops earlier in the show. And one of them was to own your own data, which is super easy to do. Just ask for the dang email. It's not that hard. (laughs) Get that on record, have it in your client account. But the actionable step I do want you guys to take this week is in regards to the Facebook and social media, Instagram kind of shut down. So this is not going to go away. I'm not going to paint some pretty picture that these things aren't going to happen. We are dealing with softwares and data and programs that things happen. They shut down. There are, there are errors that come up. So have that backup plan in place already. Start on that this week have your backup email set for when you know this is going to happen or your automations, I should say. So that way, when it does shut down, you can say, hey, just because Facebook's down doesn't mean we can't chat. So how's everything going? And send that email the second you know it's down. So plan for the future. Don't plan for once it's already happened, as Debbie mentioned, and that's going to be your marketing homework. Awesome. And Debbie, we're going to let you give some homework at the end if you'd like, but we're going to go around and assign ours first. And as Tay said, if you are new to our podcast, one of the things that makes us different is we don't want you to just take in information. We don't want you to just be consuming information. We want you to act on it because we feel like that's the difference that helps you actually fight for your business. So this week, uh, you can do the marketing homework. You can do the money homework. The money homework is I want you to figure out what is the value of a true, the, the dollar value, which is so weird, but what's the dollar value of a true A player on your team? What What is the potential earning opportunity there when you have a true A player on your team? And while you're doing that math, which we gave you the math during the show, while you're doing that math, think about what are you scheduling for? Because I bet you're scheduling for the B player And you can really differentiate the B player from the A player. And once you do, up your game. So you can start scheduling for A players and start bringing in more A players on your team. So your homework this week is to figure out what is the value of a really great employee on your team. So that's your money homework this week. Michelle, unmute. Unmute, Michelle. Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I talked with my hands, so I was just starting. Um, Your systems homework kind of 
goes into a little bit of people and a little bit of money, kind of traverses both of those. But look at your bottom line profitability and see how you can build the system to put a COO in your business, an operations manager, that next highest level person. How can you be extra generous with that profit? How can you look at it and put a goal on the board to start backing out of your business on the day to day? Um, we did it here at Pink Collars this year and it's a game changer. So I'm gonna invest uh, some time. If anybody has questions about what that looks like, I'm gonna be totally available to people because it's a really big and scary thing to have that big first hire. So I'm gonna have you true, truly look at your bottom line and see how you can be generous with that person to keep them engaged in your business. So that's your systems homework. All right. And your people homework, um, Debbie is the queen of elevating people and making them feel special. I really do believe that. And um, I mean, Liz Trotter's right up there too. You guys are so good at that. And you gave some great examples of how you make people feel special. And in the home service industry, I just think this is one of the most crucial pieces that you can do because you know let's face it our the people that work in the home service industry often think less of themselves and society in general has those stigmas built in so if you as the owner and as management can elevate their self-confidence and um, pride, then that is huge. So I want you to think about how you're going to elevate people in your company and make them feel special and connect that warm, fuzzy feeling about your company with them. Excellent. And then, um, all right. So I'll assign my homework. And I do want to say this was a powerful podcast, a podcast that ends with homework assignments is all about getting results for you, not just for them. And so I love the framework that you four brilliant fight for your business women have created. And I'm so honored I got to be a part of this today. Yeah. So I love to assign homework as well because knowledge without action is useless. And I find so many people are absorbing knowledge going from podcast to YouTube video, learning, 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 and never doing. And so the only way for your business to change is for you to change that habit and do the homework Every time you listen to Fight Club podcasts, have a pen and paper and do the homework. So my homework assignment today is, and this is for internal use only, employees are never allowed to know this concept. This is between you and your office manager or you and yourself. And that is to make a list of all of your employees and put an A, B, C by every single name. And these are your service people, your house cleaners, your window washers, your power washers. And you decide and go with the first thing that hit your gut, not the one you talked yourself into, right? And remember, this is the bitter pill that every business owner has to take. A person who cleans good, but is always out sick and has a toxic attitude is not an A player. They might generate revenue for you, but just because they clean good does not make them a good employee. We have tolerated many, many bad employees who clean good. 
And we know that's a C player. They're toxic. They call in sick when they know they have a, a replacement job that they don't want to do, a move out clean that they don't want to do. But they're, they crush it when they show up, but they mistreat other employees on a team clean. So mm -hmm. decide who's an A player, a B player, and a C player. If you have any Ds and Fs on there, look yourself in the mirror and say, I will fix this. Make a determination once you have that list. A, B, and C, what percentage of my company are A players? If it's only 10%, I had somebody one time say 100% of their company were C and below. But what percentage is A players? You're wrecking the experience for them by tolerating the Cs. So make a decision that I'm going to help my Bs become A's, or it reveals they're really Cs. I'm going to work towards replacing them with an A player. This doesn't happen overnight. These are problems you caused, not them. So it starts with a realization that I've got 80% of my team are C players or whatever that number is. So go and rate them. And again, this is internal. You never say, you know, you're a C player. You never say that because they're not a C person. Right. They're a C performer. And you need to make sure that's very clear in your own head. Absolutely. And if oh, anyone, that's so good. If anyone does ever need help with homework, we do have an accountability group on Facebook. It is a private group, so that way you can be able to share information and feel secure and safe within the group. All of us are in that, and Debbie, you're more than welcome to join if you would like. We'd love to have you, and any help you need, we're there for. But Debbie, if we do need, any of our listeners do want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yes, they can go to debbiesardone.com and fill out our form just to get our emails to, to be alerted when our live event is happening in April in Dallas. It's a three-day event. Uh, or if they want to learn more about how to become a mop-free millionaire, um, they can go to cleaningbusinessfundamentals.com and just fill out an application. Each person has to be approved individually so we can make sure they get the highest results for their investment. So cleaningbusinessfundamentals.com is where they learn more about our training program. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Super good. Megan, anything else before I do quote of the week? Uh, just the reminder that we're all going to be together in Las Vegas at the ISSA show in November. I'm so excited. I can't imagine like Fight Club in Las Vegas. It's going to be epically awesome. Uh, and Debbie will be there. Uh, and uh, let's see. And this week's episode was brought to you by Nice Job. If you're interested in getting automated reviews for your company that you can then leverage on social media and uh, it's, it's just pretty powerful. I use it for both my accounting firm and my window cleaning firm. You can go to get.nicejob.com. Awesome. And we always end Debbie with a quote of the week. And I've been saving this one in my pocket for like two or three months. So this one's a good one. It comes from an incredibly powerful woman who left us too soon. And it is fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Enjoy, everybody. Wow. Enjoy, wonderful. everybody, and have a wonderful day. And thank you all for joining us in the Fight Club. Thanks so much, Debbie. Go this fight. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Bye. Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Thank you. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for business.